What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Bitchopedia podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and today I'm going to be talking about money shame. Now, money shame is something that I didn't actually know. Like, I didn't even know that this was a problem, right? I didn't know that I even had money shame until um, I talk about the podcast all the time, the Manifestation Babe podcast. She talks a lot about money shame. And honestly, the episodes where she talked about money were usually the episodes that I skipped because uh, it always was kind of on the back burner for me. I've never been a materialistic person. I was always kind of the person who... I I mean, I don't wear or care about like brand names or fancy things. None of those things ever really mattered to me. And it was probably because of my parents. You know, they never put any uh, stress on those things, but it's just not something that has ever brought me joy. So it was never really something that I needed. If I was going to manifest something, it was going to be focusing on relationships because, you know, that's like my number one thing. That's my jam, right? I want to talk about relationships. So if ever there was going to be something that I was manifesting, it would be that. Now, Obviously, I've always wanted to have a nice home, never anything, you know, grand, but owning a home was important to me. Nice car. I don't really care about the brand. My favorite car was, a, I think the year model was like a 2008 Forerunner, and I would love that. You know, any the older antique cars, and I'm, I'm not talking about like the cute antiques. I'm talking about the ones that get the antique tag. So you don't have to pay for the tag, but it's because it's a clunker. Those are usually my favorite cars. So money was never really something that I cared that much about. And then I recently heard Catherine from Manifestation Babe talking about, she said the things that I said to money and said, if this is how someone was talking about you, would you like, how would you feel about that? So I started thinking, how do I talk about money? Um, if I was saying this, let's say your boyfriend, significant other girlfriend, whatever it is, is talking to you and they're like, I don't really care about you. I mean, it's like, you're cool, but you're not really important to me. There are a few other things that I would like to have before you, but I mean, if I had you, that would be nice. Is that not an insane way to speak to something that you want or that you love or care about? Yes. So when I took a step back, I was like, wait a second, I I kind of am keeping money away from me. And I was kind of keeping that channel closed as far as receiving money, because in my mind, money is the root of all evil. That's something that we've all heard, you know, and this was, of course, something that was pounded into my brain as a child, just from everyone, not just my parents, but from society, you know, money is bad. Uh, rich people are evil. Even if if you think about in old movies or TV shows or whatever, the rich person is usually portrayed as evil or having evil qualities or the evil people have a lot of money, right? So that's just some of the things that are pre-programmed into us that we have to start breaking if we want to start manifesting money. So I finally was like, all right, I'm going to turn everything around because I've always gotten by, it's n- it's never been an issue for me, but why would I rob myself of having money? It's like it was it's like it was a pride thing for me, right? It made me feel better about myself. It's like I'm not one of those rich jerks who cares about money or cares about nice things, and it kind of made me feel better about myself in a way. Right? So something that I was listening to a TED Talk, I will post the link in the show notes, but she was talking about how we basically say that our self-worth 
is equal to our net worth. That's kind of just a belief that not everyone, but a lot of people have. We tie our self-worth to our net worth. We think that our value lies in how many dollars we have in our bank account. So when I started doing some of this uh, shadow work with my money shame, I started looking at a couple of questions through a couple of questions. And one of them was, what did your parents' relationship with money look like? And I want you to think about this too. What did your parents think about money? How was their relationship with money? What were the things that they said about money or when it came to money? Did you ever hear them talking about bills? Did they ever say, we don't have the money for that, put it back? Um, Did you ever feel like there were times that you were not going to have a home because they weren't going to be able to afford to pay for your house. Um, We're talking about even back in the days of being very, very young, you start noticing these things that your parents are saying. So what was their idea of money or what were their beliefs of money um, was one of the first questions that I asked myself. So I'm going to actually read now. um, One of the, it's a little like journal entry that I did. And I'll read it to you. So I said, how do you feel? How do I feel about money? The truth is I was raised to believe in scarcity. I was taught that money was the root of all evil. And if that I wanted to have any of it, I would have to struggle greatly. I was taught that I would have to sacrifice everything if I wanted to have a life of wealth. And that the only way I could secure a stable financial future was to marry a man with money. (laughs) We'll get back to that. I was raised to think that people with money were not good people. My parents believed in the middle class. Don't be poor. But being insanely wealthy will only come from saving every penny you ever earn. My dad used to go through these crazy budget phases where we would, quote, tighten the belt. That essentially meant for six plus months, we would only have the absolute essentials. Nothing other than what it takes to survive. Money was something we had to work very, very hard for. And if you go into any sort of debt for any amount of time, you will drown in debt and never be able to get out. I was taught subconsciously that my value comes from how much money I am generating and that money only comes with great struggle and great sacrifice. We absolutely could not take off any time for a vacation unless we had saved like a year or two in advance. And I was taught that anything relating to Fun is not a job. You can do your little extracurricular activities during your spare time, but a job is not supposed to be fun or enjoyable. If you're having fun, you're not working hard enough. End of entry. (laughs) Um, And that after, after that exercise, I really started to take a look at it and see that these are beliefs that were embedded in me, not because my parents are bad people. They taught me to be very financially responsible. But... Thinking back now, I I remember when I was talking to a therapist um, about, this seems way off topic, but I promise I'm making a point. I was talking to my therapist about my sexual assault and how I was raising a son and that I was going to make sure that I raised him to respect women, you know, obviously do the opposite of all the things uh, that my abuser did. And I remember her saying to me that, that, you know, that's amazing. She said, that's great. That's amazing. And she said, you want to be really careful though, because- Doing that sometimes, focusing too much on it and putting too much of an emphasis on it can backfire and have the opposite effect. So 
I think that's kind of what happened with my parents is that they kept telling me, you know, you want to be prepared. Bad things can happen at any point. So you want to make sure that you have a savings. Dave Ramsey is my father's Jesus, essentially. He, if you know who that is, you know what I'm talking about. He is like the the money manager, the budgeter. He tells you, you know, not to buy new cars and things like this. All great stuff. It's all very important. I'm not saying uh, that once you get rid of money shame or the way to get rid of money shame is to just go spend frivolously on whatever you want. But the point is that those are not the only two options, right? It's not one extreme or another. So I want you to take a look at what your money beliefs are and see if you can kind of trace them back to where they originated from. And in the TED Talk, um, (laughs) they were talking actually about um, your first, going back to your first memory as a child, going back to your first memory of money. You know, what did you do with it? Did you, if you got, uh, I don't know, it's an allowance or whatever, you know, someone gives you $10, you get $10 as a kid. What do you do? Did you immediately go and run to the gas station and spend it all on candy bars? Did you decide that you had a new toy that you wanted? Um, or did you put it in savings and decide, you know, I, I, I want to hang on to this. What did your earliest belief of money or your earliest way of handling money look like? And when she said this, I kind of stopped for a second because my brain didn't even go to my own memory. It went to my child who at the time, I think he was six or seven when he wrote this. And I've got it in front of me now. It was like a homework assignment that they had done. And it had a picture of a $100 bill. And it said, what would you do if you had $100? And I saw it in his little homework folder and pulled it out. And under it, it says, I would save. I would save so I could get another one. And I was, I had to take a, a good long look at myself. First of all, I was very proud of him because good job. You know, you don't want to spend it. But I stopped and thought to myself about what... I was teaching my son about money and what my relationship with money looked like through the eyes of a seven-year-old. And I wondered, you know, or became aware of the times that I would say, you know, we can't afford that. Um, Or just talk about things, even in passing. He doesn't understand. Like when I say I'm broke, and a lot of people are this way, when you're like, oh, I'm so broke. That means I've got enough for my bills but I don't have enough to go out and, you know, pay for a vacation or I don't have enough to go treat my whole family for, you know, a a nice dinner or something, whatever it is. We say things like that and we throw the word, the word broke or poor around a lot. But to a seven-year-old, you know, I remember times when my parents would be back in the days of like balancing checkbooks before everything was online. You know, they're sitting down. It would be the two of them. They're sitting at the kitchen cave at the kitchen table. And if they were, you know, doing taxes or whatever it was when they got together, I don't know what they were doing because I was very young. But when I looked back, I remember seeing them two sitting at a table talking about money. Dad was pissed. Always. There was always tension, always fighting. So I just didn't have a good visual of money. And I knew that when they said, all right, time to, when I wrote uh, that my dad would say time to tighten the belt, I like I twitched when I heard that because he really would. I remember the days he would come, I don't know what happened, but he would come home and be like, all right, girls, time to tighten the belt. I'm like, God damn it. Okay. All right. Well, that means nothing. You know, we're not getting anything from them for a while. So if we wanted something, we would go out, which we started working. My sister and I both started working very young. We were babysitting before 
you know, we even had cars. Um, and then we went to work as soon as we did get a car, we went to a part-time job after school and then we worked every day since then. So one of my money beliefs, I talked about this too, is that if I'm not making money, I'm not valuable. I have no value. I'm not worthy of anything. And I have a lot of shame. I felt worthless if I was not bringing in money. And when I look back on the two times in my life when I was not bringing in money, this has been, I, it was the day before rent was due that I lost my job at um, the place that I was working. I remember because I was like, holy fuck, why would you do this the day before rent's due? <laughs> but I remember and just going into like full on panic mode for like 30 seconds. And then I don't know what it was, but something in me just snapped and said, no, we're not freaking out about this. You've done enough work to know the scarcity mindset is what attracts more scarcity, right? Like attracts like. So if I stay in this scarcity mindset, money's never going to come to me because I don't feel worthy of money. Simple as that. And when I started listening to you know podcasts or whatever about manifesting money, uh, they would always say worrying about the how is your biggest mistake. You can't worry about the how. You just got to have faith that it's going to happen. So since I stopped working at my other job, these random opportunities to make money came up to me just completely random. And I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. As soon as it happened, I was like, all right, you know what? It's fine because I've got, I've got a mediocre credit limit. I got enough credit. I got two credit cards and a bucket of faith, right? So when I told my mom uh, that I lost my job, there was a, enough shame in that already. But when I talked to her and told her, you know, rent, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I don't want to have to depend on my parents for money, but I was scared to say the least, right? Ex-husband decided to stop paying child support. I've got no source of income. This is the first time that there's zero dollars going into my account. So I took this moment to say, all right, we're not going to freak out. We're going to have faith that it's going to work out and we're going to put into practice all of this stuff that we've been thinking. Control, go, and the worry and the anxiety of how it was going to happen, money just started rolling in from random places. And when I'm talking, I'm talking about, I had a friend who randomly was like, hey, I'll pay you to food prep for me. And she paid me just for a week of cooking. And I was like, I do that anyway. I cook and shop. I love cooking. So I was like, yeah, for sure. So I would just cook it. Uh, and she's a mom, a single mom who, Oh my God, she does so much. She barely gets any sleep. So like I would have done it for free, but she wanted to help me out. And that's really what it was. So she, I, you know, I loved her, thanked her. So I gave her, you know, a week's worth of food, just loving and cooking. And I wanted to give those things to her, but that was a way that money started coming in. Secondly, I had a credit card. I opened up probably two and a half, three something years ago, whatever. And it randomly, I got an email one day that said, it said, your deposit is back. You got, congratulations, you earned your deposit or whatever it was. Here's a hundred dollars back that you, you know, I guess I paid to start my credit card whenever it was. And I was like, oh, here you go. So that popped back up. And then uh, I had a, you know, a stand mixer that I had bought and then just never used ever. So I decided to sell it one day. That day it popped up. The lady bought it from me. I felt worthless because I wasn't bringing in money was when I, right after I had my son. And that, I mean, that was the biggest tension um, in my marriage was 
and it created a lot, by the way, I think it was a huge, huge part of my postpartum depression that I had because I was just crippled because I was not, I had no income. I was staying home and it is such a, an honorable thing to do to be a stay at home mom. I couldn't do it. Like mentally I was struggling and I, I see now that it was mainly because I felt worthless. Like I feel, I feel like I'm not doing anything and that's a fucked up belief because what the hell I'm at home with my son, literally raising an entire human. Like what more could you have done? But in my mind, my husband at the time got to go out. He was the breadwinner and I was just at home doing nothing. I was not bringing anything to the table and that was definitely reinforced by him. (laughs) So that was something that I also had to take a step back and look at is who else is contributing to and confirming these ideas that I have about money. And I realized that that was something that he held over my head and still does holds finances over my head in a big way. And it's, I know that it's simply because he was raised on the same beliefs, right? That the person bringing in the money is the person who is the most uh, valuable and it's a fucked up system, but you know, it's what we were raised on. So I decided, and I'm glad that I was already kind of mid work in doing this, but I decided as soon as I lost my job, this is the moment to change my mindset around money. So I started reading Tony Robbins always talks about this book, think and grow rich. I think I have, let me look up who it is. Um, and I will post a link to the video. Yeah. Think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. I'm listening to it as an audio book. It's like 10 and a half hours long, but it's free on YouTube. So I'm kind of just taking my time with it. Um, but it talks about basically finding the patterns in all of these very successful and wealthy people. And when you look at them and they interview them, they are all saying the same thing. So it's gotta be, there's gotta be a reason, right? You, you know, you interview a bunch of people who have midline money or struggle financially, you know, they, they aren't able to pay their bills. They never have a savings account. Look at their beliefs. And those beliefs are the beliefs of scarcity. And those are the old beliefs that I've had. And that is the the place that I'm living in now is middle of the line. I can pay my bills, but I'm not going out to buy a brand new car or vacationing to like Maui or anything, but it's enough, you know, it's just enough to get by. But one day I just decided I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to have just enough. And one of the narratives that Catherine preached it. It was one of her episodes. She was talking about, does money make you evil? And she said that the reason that you should, you should be okay with having a lot of money. So from my standpoint, I'm a good person. So the universe, objectively speaking, would want to give money to me because I'm going to use it for good things. Right? So there needs to be good people. It's just like having good people in power. You don't want to you don't want every manager to be a shitty person because then I mean that's a it's a really shitty spot to be in, right? You, everyone who's in charge is bad. That sucks. So if the universe had a chance to, you know, hire a manager, a good manager or give a nice person a lot of money, why wouldn't it do it? Right? So another one of the practices says to think, uh, you know, think in abundance is the big, abundance is a big word. So you, there are a lot of things you could do affirmations and things like that. I am a money magnet. I'm going to post probably a few of those affirmations as well, because I have a few screenshots of different affirmations that you can say around money, but 
uh, another thing that I did to help with this was I drew a vision board. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It can just be a piece of paper, whatever. But I wrote down what I would do if I had this money, what charities I would contribute to or, you know, any nonprofits or any anything like that that I would contribute to. What good things am I going to do with my money when I get it? Why would the world not want, why would the universe, God, whoever you believe in, God, source, universe, why would they not want to give you money if you were going to spread it to do good things? They want to, right? You just have to be open to receiving it. And the narrative that I was creating before of, I don't care about money. It doesn't really matter to me. You know, whatever. Why would the universe give that to you? If if you went up to your kid and you were like, hey, I just bought you a new car. Do you want it? And they were like, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. How would you respond to that? Right? Does that make sense? So the way we're talking to the universe is the most important part of all of this. And our language around money is very important because we're telling the universe. There's a line in The Alchemist, which is one of my favorite books, but they talked about the alchemist gives money to this man. And he says, I don't deserve this much. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't worth all of that. And the alchemist says, don't say that because the universe may be listening. And next time it won't give you as much. So... I started saying, okay, I'm open. I am open to receiving money. There's nothing wrong with wanting money. That that was a, a shame cycle that I had to break and a narrative that I had to break that like wanting money is bad and it's gross to want money. That was the feeling. The ultimate feeling that I got around money was it was just gross. And the universe, honestly, of course, because it always does, brought someone into my life to teach me a lesson. And it was a person who... Um, I met and, you know, liked, enjoyed talking to whatever and spent a little bit of time with and then found out that he had a pretty significant amount of money, which <laughs> sent me into a spiral anyway, because I was like, OK, first of all, now he's going to think that, you know, I only want him for his money. That's a big thing that I worry about is that people, you know, I, I wonder why, because every time a woman dates a man with money, she's called a gold digger. So that's one of the narratives that has been created in our society to give us money shame. So that was the first one. The second one is, I think everyone with money is evil. So what did this guy do? What is he like? What's wrong with him? He's obviously a bad person. He's got a lot of money. And then I slowly realized that's actually not true. And he's just as nice as anyone else. He just has a little bit of money. So you like breathe easy, just relax. So that was a narrative that I had to reconstruct in my mind to say, not everyone who has money is evil, right? And the U.S. is funny that way. They like to send people in to surprise you. And then the last thing that I'll tell you um, as a tip for manifesting money is something that Catherine from Manifestation Babe talked about too, was she said that she pictures her money going out and having sex and making little money babies and coming back with more. So that's what I pictured. I picture every time I spend money, I would say, all right, I'm sending it out into the world. It's going to go out. It's going to make lots of little money babies like rabbits. You know, just you just picture it multiplying, 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 multiplying. And then when it comes back, it's just floods you. I like I'm telling you, the visualization is important too. anytime you're manifesting. Visualization is important. But I pictured just being under this like giant water spout turning on the spout and just having stacks 
of $100 bills just all over, just pouring over me, like swimming in coins like Scrooge McDuck used to do. That's what I'm talking about. I want to get rid of this idea that I need to struggle or I need to suffer. If I'm going to be a good person, I can't have money because those two can't coexist. It's not true, okay? We have to squash this belief. And like I said, as soon as I released that resistance, everything started Everything started working out. Everything opened up. And one of the things that I had to remind myself too was when I was doing that journal and I noted, if you go into debt, any kind of debt, you're fucked. You're done for. You're immediately in debt. You're drowning in debt. That's That's the visualization that I had for that. So that is something that I've also had to reprogram was this belief that... If I, if I spent any money, if I put any money on my credit card, that it's just the banks are coming after me and me and my kid are going to be sleeping in my car. That's another thing that had to just be set aside. So I'm trying to just take my time, enjoy the time that I have, make the most of it. I've been doing a lot of things. I've been getting passive income. Everything's fine. Everything's working out. I'm here to encourage you. But this all has really stepped up my manifesting of money and helped me to realize that I don't need to live in scarcity. Everything's fine. I, I, I do not have to be poor and miserable or, or poor and happy or rich and miserable right? I can be happy and I can't have money. So, uh, there's a, this is just scratching the surface. I can do, um, I can share a lot more links. If anyone's curious, I can share more links about it. If you want to look more into it, manifestation, babe, I know I recommend that podcast. I feel like every time I speak, I tell you to go listen to her, but she's amazing. So go listen to her. She talks about money shame. And then even when I was looking up, um, a quick video before with this Ted talk, there's a lot of Ted talks and stuff out there that take on the different aspects of, where money shame comes from and what we can do to reprogram those old beliefs so that we can start manifesting money and living in abundance. All right. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. Your little homework assignment is to look at what your beliefs are, where they come from, what your parents' beliefs are, and just do a little bit of a deep dive into what your idea of money is and start working to change that so that you can start living in complete abundance.